Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It is 1234 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. Guests and Oilers now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. All right. Every Wednesday on Oilers now for Mattress Superstore. Mattress Superstore, give them five minutes. They'll give you the best sleep of your life. Take the Sleepology body scan and take the guesswork out of buying a mattress. We bring aboard a gentleman who headed up Octagon's hockey agency, was the general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning, a number one overall pick in the NHL draft, and in fact, um, going back to 1988, I guess that would be, what, uh, 33 years ago yesterday, Brian Lawton was part of a Minnesota North Stars team that came into Edmonton. He got two goals. He had uh, two NHL hat-tricks, quite, couldn't quite get the hattie. And uh, Minnesota needed it. He got two goals. Manny Viveros got an assist in that game. But the Oilers pounded uh, Minnesota, doubled them up 6-3. Gretzky and Curry each had four points. We welcome back to the show from the NHL Network, Brian Lawton. Brian, how are you? It's about right. Gretzky and Curry doubled us up. <laughs> <laughs> Happened off today. <laughs> Those were the days. Yes. Hey, uh, all right. So those were the days. I'm going to get to a discussion point here. Uh, I was surprised at how much was made by some people last night on the play with McDavid and Jesperi Kakaniemi. So, you know, and, and, and Connor got a $5,000 fine today from the National Hockey League, did not get suspended. Um, as a guy who has an appreciation sense for history, uh, Gordy Howell uh, certainly knew how to deploy the elbows when he played. Mark Messier's elbows at times were a lethal weapon. Uh, Pavel Bure, you would remember, remember him in the mid-1990s, the mother of all elbows on Shane Sherla and the Dallas Stars, one of the greatest elbows, of, and Sherla deserved it. He ran Bury from behind. He had it coming to him, and Bury had to. But it all stems from a, a similar place, Brian. In the NHL, in my opinion, it does not protect the star players the way the NBA now does and the NFL now does. Would you agree or disagree with that? Not just related to Connor, but I, I absolutely agree with that. I think that some of these other sports really, you know, they made huge statements, changed the way some of them are played, certainly in football. You know, the powers that be recognize that, you know, we can't watch our star players go down. This is ultimately what really drives the business. 
I think hockey could do a much better job of that. I really do. There are some nights I watch the Oilers, and obviously this is Oilers-centric, but I literally think that's just just over and above the amount of abuse that Connor should have to take. I just I don't think it's in the best interest of the game. Forget about just the Oilers, because there's going to be other stars. There are other stars, right? But there are nights when I watch their games that I just am in shock at the picks. Is part of it just the culture of hockey? Do you think? And who's maybe overseen it from? I mean, this is kind of up. You know, Colin Campbell plays a factor in this. Uh, you know, obviously the general managers play a factor in this. The way the officials see, I always think it's a loser's lament to blame the officials, but the reality, like, it had nothing to do with last night's game, Brian. Montreal absolutely schooled the Oilers. The Oilers weren't engaged. You're going to have a couple games like that a year, and that happened to Edmonton last night. But the, the the bigger thing, I guess, to me is is it just a byproduct of how the game currently is managed that we end up in situations where some of the best players in the world, the, the opposition team needs to get, negate their skills and allows teams and allows players to lean on those guys and uh, stop us from being entertained in the process. I honestly believe right now we're going to continue to see massive changes in this area. It certainly, the the game you referenced, it, it wasn't up to the officials to protect Wayne and Yari. It was up to Dave Semenko and Marty McSorley. <laughs> and we could keep going on and on and on. And they always kept it a safe environment for Wayne, for the most part. Neil Broughton got it one time in an epic fight, which I'm being facetious. But for the most part, <laughs> you know, the players really policed the game. We've changed that. Everybody recognizes that now. That's different. I think we could, as we continue to evolve in the game, it'll be better for the game. Right now, those two don't always match up. You know, the players are not able to level that playing field. It's pretty, uh, that's pretty clear in the game. So I'm hoping that we continue to see evolution in that area. And it happens, quite frankly, I'm hoping it happens sooner rather than later because the game's changed. It is different. There is more skill at play. Uh, players absorb more risk with moves that they make today than they did in our day. Part of the reason why we dumped it in and chased so much is because it was a lot safer. And uh, for me, it's still got a ways to go, I'll be honest. Brian Lott joining us from the NHL Network for Mattress Superstore. See, the contrarians are texting in, yeah, well, Stoffer, if you guys didn't have McDavid and Dreisaitl, you wouldn't think this way. You know? No, that's not true. That's not true at all. There's other star players. I don't have any alignment to the Edmonton Oilers. That's the right. way I see the game. I understand why someone could say that about fans in Edmonton. Right. Um, but if Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl get traded tomorrow for the greatest package ever, I'll still feel exactly the same way. It's not well, related to Edmonton. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But <laughs> I agree. I, I don't I, anticipate I, it. Yeah, no. It's 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 a really like to me. It's a really interesting one. And I got to tell you, in the heat of the moment, when I'm broadcasting a game, I got a, you know, I got really upset. A like here's the thing. I'll give Matt Kachuk a little bit of credit. He like you know. I know people used to say, well, he turtles all the time. And in a game in Calgary in November 2018, he did. He wanted no part. He was he was stirring the pot, and he didn't want to answer for it. And he started answering, 
end of January last year in Edmonton. And he's been willing to, to, you know, I'm not saying he always targets other teams' toughest player, but he's certainly willing to drop the flippers. So I'm giving him more credibility as a result for doing that. He draws a lot of calls. McDavid doesn't sit there and face wash guys after the whistle and get in the grill of uh, the goaltender and that sort of thing. It, it, and I, and I sense, you know, it's pretty exasperating at times. Uh, when you see him get interfered with in the neutralized area, get he gets a stick pull or an infraction when he goes in on a breakaway, gets chopped in the hands. And I wonder how much of it, Brian, is just he's so damn fast that it's impossible for the officials to be in the right position all the time to make the call? Or conversely is, well, I can call him four times a shift for a penalty. I can't do that. You know what I'm saying? I absolutely agree with that, and I absolutely, I absolutely think that's part of the problem. Like, I feel like you could call six penalties a game just against Connor for how he plays. I, I can almost, almost live with it during a regular season. It drives me crazy in the playoffs. You mitigate the star players, the reason that teams get there. And to me, that's that's not right. And that's why I say I hope we continue to evolve in that area. I, I truly believe that that's what's in the best interest of the game. Not everybody agrees with me. People love the way it used to be. It's a little bit macho. You have to fight through that. You have to do it the way the guys did it in the past. It's not the same. Penalties are called differently in today. As a matter of fact, we just had that highlighted. And the players spoke really loudly. Matt Duchesne did. Hey, just call a damn game. It doesn't matter if we're up 10 to 1. If I get tripped and sent her ice... And it's a trip in every other game. Just call it. That's what players want. I believe that's what GMs are getting to, although I don't think they're quite there yet. I think you still have guys that look and say, no, that's not the history of the game. Well, you can't have it both ways. And until we get there, and I'm saying we're not there yet, there's still work to be done in that respect. What did Mario Lemieux, he called it a garage league one day? Is that what he called it? I'm thinking, is that the infamous Because I just, I, I, you know... There's so much, like the amount of stuff that the star player gets asked to do. You know, I mean, I traveled with the Oilers, as you know, this is year 13 of doing color. And before the Oilers had McDavid, they were not the team that every organization scheduled specific events against, right, for charities and those sort of things. But once you get McDavid, they want that photo op of having one of the world's best players, and it's a benefit to Edmonton. And and so it it it's sort of it's there was a different experience going in when you have that guy. It's a privilege to have that guy. I actually I got to tell you, Brian, I actually think the league is lucky that Connor isn't verbally demonstrative in terms of the tact that he takes with the officials. He doesn't harangue the refs the way Wayne Gretzky used to and berate right. them. And like, Wayne used to give it to the refs. And Now, I was there more of an opportunity to have that exchange, Brian, back when you played than maybe today? There was a lot more. It was kind of commonplace. And, and Wayne did do it. And, you know, I played against Wayne. You could see him giving it. It was just kind of accepted. It wasn't like you ended by it. It's just, you know, everybody was doing it back then. That's not the environment we're in now. Part of that evolution is, you know, is evident in the game that we've progressed from where we used to be. I just don't think we're exactly where we need to be yet. And yeah. I think, you know, that last quarter of a mile sometimes is the toughest. 
Great point by you. All right, switching focus, Brian. Should Oilers fans be concerned about what happened last night against Montreal, or is that a one-off that happens maybe three or four times during a season? It definitely happens at least a few times during the season. Nobody likes to say that because these guys are paid a lot of money to show up and give their all every night. That is not realistic. I played in the league with a lot of great players. I don't know anybody <laughs> the greatest that could do that every single night. It's not an excuse. It's just reality. Uh, last night, to me, I think you can drill down deeper. I think it's deflating for the club when your goaltender gives up the first shot. There's no doubt about that. That certainly doesn't help morale. You're already in a back-to-back situation. But, you know, as far as I'm concerned, Edmonton was rested. It was just one of those games where you didn't have it. You didn't get a break. As a matter of fact, everything luck-wise went against you. And at the end of the day, you just say, nice job by Montreal. Move on. You lost two points. You didn't lose any more. Now, one thing that Dave Tippett does well is he pulls these guys back on the track. And that's what I expect from them in their next game. Uh, Mark Spector said on yesterday's show, it looks like the Oilers have settled on their 60. The pairings nurse, who's having a wonderful season with Tyson Berry, who's having a, a really good season until a couple games. The last couple games, he's had some struggles. Lagason along with Larson and Chris Russell with Ethan Berry. I think Bears played better. Uh, William Lagason, 10 and 11, 11 and 10 minutes last couple games. When a guy starts to see his minutes decrease, is that a sign? Do you think you know Dave Tippett? Yeah, I think it is. You know, he's he had a great run to start the year. He had an incredible stat that was floating around. He was only on for one even strength goal. You know, and, and the coaching staff for Edmonton, just like all the other coaching staffs, are doing their own analytics. Yep. And you try to, the goal for the coaching staffs, isn't to ignore information. As a matter of fact, it's specifically to eliminate some of the emotion. So you can kind of get down the brass tacks because everybody has a different flavor that you like in a player. It can be simple, just the way they skate, the way they move. But ultimately, you want to get down to the guys that are effective. And Lagasin really scored well, to be honest with you. It's gone sideways. For me, the entire, certainly the bottom two spots and whether that's in the second pair or third pair, I, I just think there'll be two spots that are up for grabs for the flavor of the month as to who's playing well as to how do you engineer your team for that specific game. You know, everybody so well that they haven't in fact settled on their 60. I don't believe that. I think if, you know, some of the guys that are like Lagasin that are still trying to become full-time players will be subjected to being still in and out of the lineup based on play. I just don't think it's that rock solid of a group where you could just say, okay, we've got our six guys and even if they go through three or four bad games, they're going to stay in. That is not the accountability level that I've seen in the past from Dave Tippett. Dave Tippett has the Oilers 19-8-1 in their last 28 games. This after a 3-6 and start. So he's done a good job here. Uh, 
Evan Bouchard got one game on the left side against the North Division's best team. Toronto's, for me, Toronto right now is the best team. Uh, we'll see if that's the case at the end of the year. I think both Winnipeg and, and Montreal depth-wise could challenge, and the Oilers have a puncher's chance of Smith's going good in goal because they got 97 and 29. Um, if it were you, would you want more than a, a game or so to look at Evan Bouchard on the left side if you're going to consistently play Barry Larson and Bear on the right side? I would. Uh, you know, to, to me, there's a lot of similar players that can fill, you know, those last two spots. Evan is the one guy that, you know, he's still young. He's still going to make mistakes, but he's the one guy that has a higher ceiling that matches up better with the way or the style that Edmonton plays when they're really kicking it. And that is they make a lot of plays. They don't defend in their own end for very long. They, as a matter of fact, they're in and out of their own end. That's why Mike Smith is so popular with his teammates and with the coaching staff. This guy doesn't freeze the puck. He keeps it moving. That plays to their strengths. Evan is the one guy, in my opinion, that can give them a higher level. Um, but he still has some progression to go, and, and that's where it gets challenging. You know, at what point can you substitute maybe some mistakes that you might not get from the other guys, but for a chance to go deeper in the playoffs. That's got to be the battle for the coaching staff, in my opinion. And I've never spoken with Dave Tippett about that. That's just my view. Blake Robson, who played for Prince George and St. FX, is the advisor for Dylan Holloway. We now know that Holloway had thumb surgery. He's expected out six weeks. If you were advising Holloway, as you used to advise players, would you tell him to go back to Wisconsin for his junior year, where undoubtedly Tony Granato would make him the captain? Or would you tell him to sign and be prepared to compete for a job at Edmonton Oilers top nine next year as either the third line center or a second slash third line left wing? Um, I love the kids to play in college. In this particular case, I would certainly, I'd be looking at him the way I think Ken Holland would be looking at him, even though he'd be on opposite sides in theory, and that is he's accomplished a lot in college. It's time to move on and continue to the development with the club. And I, I do believe that he'd play next year, so I'm pretty bullish on him. I'm very good friends with Tony Granato and Marco Siki, but you're just asking my opinion. That's my opinion. I would want him to sign. I would say it's time. Final one for you. What happened in Philadelphia? <sighs> There's some... You know, I didn't like the look with Carter Hart, personally. I just feel like uh, a lot of their troubles are team-based. It's a team game. And most recently here, coming out and saying his work habits not, aren't where they are. He's got to do this, that, and the other thing. It seems like a, I don't have any problem with those conversations happening privately. Yeah. But I don't see much gain publicly from that. I think that, you know... There's probably some players thinking that as well. It's created too much noise or chaos around a, a pretty good hockey club that really got decimated, at least publicly in, in their eyes, from the loss of one defenseman. And there is some truth to that. That's how fickle it is. You lose a guy like Matt Niskanen, 
it reduces everybody's effectiveness because they move into a different spot on the totem pole. Certainly, Provorov hasn't looked the same. was a pretty darn good player in his own right. So, uh, just when I watch their team, they do not defend the center of the ice very well. One thing the Edmonton Oilers do much better than they have in the past is defend the center of the ice. If you can do that, you have a chance. Philadelphia has enough good pieces where they're performing below the sum of the parts, and that's got to be difficult for Chuck Fletcher. I would not be surprised if you see at least two moves before the trade deadline from that organization. And obviously the Gosses Bear deal, he didn't get picked up. That's not surprising. There's a lot of good players that aren't getting picked up now on waivers. It's that type of year. But ultimately, that contract term remaining, the signing bonus left in it, all that's prohibitive. And that's where clubs need to be really sharp. When you get to a spot where you need to move players out, you need to make sure you've structured their contracts favorably so you can do that. Otherwise, you're locked down. Philly is feeling a little bit of that. I do think they'll figure it out. Brian, love having you on your show, on our show. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Bob. Thank you very much. That is Brian Lawton from the NHL Network, former GM of the Tampa Bay Lightning, number one overall pick, 1983 NHL entry draft, and headed up Octagon's player agency for a number of years. Tonight on 6.30 Ched at 8 p.m., Canada and COVID, one year later. While we feel like we've weathered the pandemic alone, many of our experiences are shared. Talk show hosts from across the Chorus Radio uh, Network, including 630 Chad's Shake Ganim open up about what they, alongside our listeners, have overcome and learned over the course of the last year. It's hosted by the Shifts, Shane Hewitt. You'll hear stories about when COVID hits home, literally. The incredible juggling act of working full-time and homeschooling children, how our views of our political figures have changed the emotional toll of having a loved one in long care. Again, uh, long-term care. Again, that comes up tonight, 630 Chad, 8 p.m., and they... Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Focus again, Canada and COVID, one year later. We'll take a quick time out. It's 12.55 at Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. Hi, this is Oscar Clefbaum from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Shack. Let's go to the Oilers. 
Oilers Now Injury Report brought to you daily by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. For every goal the Oilers score, James H. Brown will donate $100 to 630 Jed Santa's Anonymous. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Here's Brendan Escott. Uh, Canucks forward Adam Gaudet testing positive for COVID. He has now entered the league's protocol, but that game against Calgary is still a go tonight, so all good on that front. Anthony Duclair hurt his upper body last night. He'll miss 7-10 to 10 days for the Panthers. And Predators forward Philip Forsberg week to week now with an upper body injury of his own. All right, let's go to some texts on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. We got literally hundreds of texts. I'll try to jam a few in here. Bob, all it takes is two or three games of the officials calling six or seven penalties against players interfering with number 97, and teams will have no choice but to use their better skills. Uh, they'll now have to figure out a way to play against them rather than let the obvious penalties go. Once they realize it's no longer okay, then the game will change. Well, we saw a bit of that at the, when we came out of the 0405 lockout, start of the 0506 season. This is a thing that people neglect to factor in when comparing Sidney Crosby to Connor McDavid. Uh, and Sidney's a great player, and he played for a better team than McDavid played for in Edmonton. And that's not McDavid's fault. But Crosby's offensive numbers were driven by the amount of penalty calls that were made during the course of those first couple seasons, especially the first year, and the amount of calls that were made when teams were already on the power play. The amount of five-on-three goals that were scored were off the charts. The amount of penalties that were called that resulted in five-on-three were very high, and then they backed off the gas pedal. So there you have it. It is an interesting point. Again, you text us at 780-496-0063. Bob Fletch from Calgary says, if you listen to the interviews with the Habs players, each one of them says McDavid got what he should have gotten, maybe a four-minute minor at the most. But sports writers and those asking the questions of Montreal media are the ones that seem to be asking for a suspension. Well, people are going to ask the the players questions. And, again, I to me, kind of flicked the elbow up and it got the shoulder first. We've seen way worse elbows than that. I think the league, the $5,000 fines, $5,000 fine. Right? You know what? But you don't have to agree with me. That's kind of how this works. You're, we're allowed to have difference of opinions on some things. So, for what it's worth. All right. Keep Texas at 780-496-0063. This guest, uh, text comes in. Bob, Brian Burke, or Brian Lawton. Uh, Brian Lawton, what an amazing guest. Love listening to his views. Well, he's been in every role, which he's been a player. He's been an agent. He's been a general manager. The only thing he has done has been a head coach in the league. So he's got some strong opinions. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we come back, David Staples call to hockey. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.